Go away. Go away. Go read some books. Go read some books. <laughs> Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. Well, happy two years anniversary, Rob. Happy Thank anniversary. You. Thank you. Yep. I'm much wiser than the last time we talked. Um, <laughs> Four days ago. Two years. Yeah. No, it's a good day. I got mass this evening. And yep, very, very good stuff. Very thankful. St. Philip Neary feast day today. Pretty great. Mm-hmm. All good. My life is fantastic. <laughs> Isn't he the apostle of joy? Yeah, that's what they call him. I really don't know much about him. Same. I learned a little bit about him. I got to say mass at his tomb when I was in Rome right after my ordination, which was awesome. And it's probably, he's he's in a church, it's probably like a 15 minute, 20 minute walk from St. Peter's or so. So that was very, very cool. But there's a couple stories I heard of him. One, this is part of the reason it's so cool to go to Rome, just because of how many saints have like lived there or passed through there. Um, like I'm reading the letters right now of a friend gave me the letters of Franz Jägerstatter and apparently him and his wife went to Rome on their honeymoon. So even thinking about like them walking around there and everything, it's just very cool. But I think it was Philip Neri that he used, he was a priest in Rome and he would lead pilgrimages around the city um, with different groups as they would come in. And there were certain churches that he would go to. And I think uh, Santa, Cro- Santa Croce in Jerusalem which is right down from St. John Lateran, um, was one of them. And I've been to that church a few few times. They have all of this beautiful reliquary of stuff from the True Cross and different things. And um, Anyway, it was just cool to, to realize, I, just the stories of him, he's just such a human guy. But my favorite story of him, I don't even know if this is true or not, but I love it, is that he got invited to some like high society party in Rome and just as like a joke, just because he thought it would be funny, he shaved half of his beard to go <laughs> to to the party uh, just because he didn't want people to like, yeah, just take it too seriously or anything um, like that. But I, yeah, I wish I knew if that was true or not, because I love I love that story. He just shaved off half his beard just to make people laugh and like be joyful. Yeah. That's cool. Cool. Founder of the Oratorians, correct? Ooh. Somebody gave me a movie yeah, about I them. So. I knew a I knew a seminarian who was an Oratorian. He's trying to get me into him. It's one of those saints that it's like it's on my docket of people to to look into. Father Nick Blaha no. started a kind of a rule of life type of house. Uh, they had a property, the Newman Center did or the Diddy Center down at Emporia State. They call it the, I think it was the Near Eye House. Near, Neary? Is it Neary? Neary. Neary House. Um, loosely based off his rule of life, holy hour wise. and Cool. No video games and sort of living more intentionally. Community, cooking, wow. stuff like that. Did he do that with student? Did he live there, Father Nick? Uh, no, he, it was students that signed up and they you know made a commitment. And I think they got a break on rent a little bit. 
Wow. Something like cool. that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. But he's got cool ideas. He took all his kids down every year to, to is it Big Bend National Park down in Texas for like a backpacking retreat based on the uh, Seven Deadly Sins, Dante's Purgatorio. Whoa. They'd meditate on a chapter every day or a, a sin every day as they backpacked and then camped. And then he took the kids who enjoyed it the most, like a select group to Camino de Santiago the year before he moved to his parish. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I've kind of, I have blaha envy. I wish I could <laughs> organize something like that. But I'm not, I'm not him. I'm me. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we're all so happy for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> cool. You be you. Okay. Yeah, I, just, I thought we were talking about living our own truths last time. <laughs> yeah, that was last time. This is a new truth. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do me. Okay. Hey, you have great. You started a coffee shop, dude. Yeah, that's true. What else? What else do you guys like about me? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more. It's been a long week. I haven't talked to anybody. <laughs> Actually, I do. I feel like I've been pretty productive this week. Last couple of days, especially. Most productive thing you've done. Most only the most productive thing. You're asking a question. Yeah. Uh, emptied my inbox. That's the one that it feels the most productive, but is the least visible um yeah i just took care of all the totally on top of all the office stuff but uh coolest is the garden stuff i'm getting pretty into it it's a little dorky but i'm sort of self-conscious about that but things are just popping up like crazy man like i planted all these seeds there's something i wonder why jesus uh, didn't use these analogies more of like seeds and stuff because it's very interesting and gratifying (laughs) to see god's work in nature it's pretty cool i got corn coming up cucumbers sprouting this week onions are going crazy the tomatoes are just loving life you're living it Mm -hmm. have you ever read the book the secret garden no i think there was a movie when i was a kid i might have seen it's a, a girl in a like a walled garden right yeah not in it but Mm -hmm. yeah she has one uh she visits one yeah 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 that's right and i i somehow got tricked into reading it and it's certainly a book for like teenage girls kind of like little women who (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah hey i that's what i do i do actually have on my list jane austen to try to try jane austen again i haven't read her since high school i've never read her because I always thought they were kind of books too. for women, but they're Mets, classic, did you finish so. Little Women? I have like 60 pages left. Yeah, Has anything over, happened? And many things have happened. We're coming to a close. We're coming to a close. Uh, but a, se- a Secret Garden is... Um, dude, it was one of, my, one of my favorite books about desire and about how God works in like, these invisible, invisible ways, feeding desire to allow for oh. things to grow out into the world. And... Yeah, there's a lot of characters that in the context of this garden go through like a similar type of transformation, uh, kind of physically, but also more like coming of age type story. But it's very, very beautiful because a lot of it's hidden. And yet then you have these characters that kind of sprout to life and they bear fruit and they come to like full bloom in their humanity. And it parallels what happens with the garden and um, 
it's very 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 beautiful and i don't know if that's what the writer intended but um i guess i i suggested that into the book but hmm. as yeah i had a similar experience reading it about gardening i'm like dude i gotta get out there and garden this sounds dope <laughs> right <laughs> like yeah and maybe that's a part of the hidden life that's so attractive just getting your hands in oh, there absolutely absolutely mm. Yeah, it, it's scratching a lot of the Wendell Berry itches. Mm. I can't remember how long ago I was kept bringing that up, but the whole in touch with the the place that you're at, you know, like I'm in a city, but I got this, I got this dirt right here. I can, I can make things, you know. That's cool, man. Yeah, it is cool. It is cool. <clears throat> so I'm thinking more, I feel like the creative juice is kind of flowing about the coffee shop and helps me helps me be optimistic about the fall you know things kind of return into some normal kids coming back and having a cool place for them to to hang out and for our mission to launch has uic announced any plans for next semester nothing since um a little while back when they said they are planning on having in-person classes okay except for 70 or more okay so it'll be attenuated i'm sure but Hopefully by late August, we're not still in like total lockdown. Yeah. I hope so. You know what I mean? I hope so. I mean, a place like Chicago is going to be the last to to lift, right, I right, think. But right. yeah. Ski. Well, in the meantime, you can keep gardening. Keep gardening. That garden, man. Mm-hmm. I hope you're wearing sunscreen. Yeah, I am wearing sunscreen, but I'm not wearing gloves. I got to get you know get the hands in the dirt. Get that immune system going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Touching my go. face like crazy. <laughs> Are you wearing a visor? <laughs> yeah, but it's like the visor that those kind of old timey uh, like card dealers wear, like the green <laughs> plastic clear one. Well, that's just yes. that doesn't do anything. <laughs> just makes the sunlight a little bit greener on my forehead. <laughs> that's still good. Should we try to raise some money for our uh, our marketing campaign? coming up like we could sell father connor tomatoes 20 huh. bucks a piece i like that yeah that rate. Well, actually i do have i do have something i could raise money with i'm I've got a few more songs i'm probably gonna put out pretty soon here just waiting on some art but last time i did that i had people name their price for the music and donate to newman cool. but i could have it turned back on the podcast and then we can just use that money however we want all right we still <laughs> this is a legit <laughs> that's a good idea we should do that <laughs> that's, yeah uh, and again i don't know what it would look like but i feel like this is one of those things if we just threw money at it it <laughs> would work it's like throwing water on plants dude throw money at the podcast that's right it's exposure yeah that's exactly right just exposure mm-hmm. man um i'm down I'll, if you want me to start painting, I'll paint professionally. Well, the book will be a nice thing. I, I do mean to write more. I enjoyed your guys' stuff so far. A little yeah. teaser. I mean, one way that the listeners Same. can help is just by writing reviews on iTunes. It puts us up on the ranks us higher. So that actually does help. The more reviews you have, the more. Definitely. Is that a thing? Okay. Really? Mm-hmm. Are we, we're not number one? <laughs> We're number one in my heart. <laughs> oh, 
All right. There you go. <laughs> that's that's your truth. That's my truth. Looks like I'm going to have to write about 50 reviews today. <laughs> Different email addresses. I'm kind of pumped too. I, uh, I'm going to be a spiritual director for Focus NST summer training, which is oh. going to be mostly virtual. Cool, dude. Nice. So, yeah, it was, it's kind of cool because I was going to probably go for a couple weeks up to Bismarck, um, which would have been nice. But now one of the silver linings of everything going online is that I could pre- be pretty much quote at training all summer long while I'm here growing tomatoes and doing office work. That's it, man. That's it. Very yeah. cool. Well, Maybe Rob- we'll just do everything online, dude, from now on. Wouldn't that That's be it. way better? You didn't have to yeah. see anybody. We can, we can all just stay at our houses all the time. <laughs> In garden. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, have you developed any uh, new hobbies? I can't say that I have. In the yeah. USN day, there are many hobbies. <laughs> no more. <laughs> End it there. Um, no, not really. I mean, I'm packing up now. So yeah, packing is not a hobby, but <laughs> it's what is kind of taking up my my time. Probably a third of the way there, making a transition plan, stuff like that. All good. All good. But no, Do you find yourself throwing a lot of stuff away. Uh, not really. Or no. giving away. I mean, no, you look pretty minimalist. Really. Um, I mean, I think I, I don't. I wouldn't call myself a minimalist. I have I have stuff, but I was pretty intentional in seminary to like have stuff that was like both I really wanted and useful. So similar here, like I'll probably get rid of a little bit of stuff, but I don't have that much like kind of frivolous stuff. I guess I gave so, away a lot of books before I moved. Yeah. To the public library. I so I gave I shed I shed a few books uh before I left seminary. That's only been two years ago. You know, I've only been here a couple True. couple years. So I haven't accumulated really that that much. Will you move furniture or does it have furniture there? Um I'm not hundred percent sure yet. I haven't seen the the rectory. I'm hoping to get over there in the next week or so. Um the only piece of furniture I have, I have a recliner, but that's it. Is it the one from seminary? No, no, that's oh, stayed man. at seminary. Yeah, oh, that's stayed at seminary. Yeah, I, I left my recliner at seminary too. Stupid. Mm. I missed that thing so much. <laughs> Dude. Did you yeah. used to take naps in that recliner? For sure. Yeah, it seemed like a good <laughs> napping chair. Yeah, Father mm. Mike Warden gave that to me. When I took that's over his room, right. he just left it. Well, you had to pay it forward then. Yeah. I, <laughs> yep. Well. Definitely didn't chuck that one out, so I threw it away before I left. <laughs> oh, bummer. <laughs> okay, I had used it for six years because I, I got it and then used it for my whole time in seminary and then my STL year as well. And then nobody wanted it. I mean, I tried to give it away, but yeah, Kids no takers. Days. Kids these days, they wanted something leather and swanky, and I said, how about something suede and stained? <laughs> <laughs> and... Believe it or not, it the trash is it. I was shocked. I was upset. It doesn't make any uh, sense. I'm writing that down as a title. <laughs> suede and stained. Suede How about something stained. suede and stained? Does anybody have anything to talk about? It's um, been so been so long. I know. Your your movie. Oh yeah. 
No, this isn't something to talk about. This is just something that uh, <laughs> made me think of. Well, Perfect. I'm amazed at how early, how quickly, and how efficiently you pack, Rob. You're, I'm such a procrastinator when it comes to packing. And mm-hmm. I remember in seminary, it was like March or Jan- or February. And mm-hmm. and you were like, dude, I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> like I already had all your stuff point. moved. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a procrastinator, though. That's just <laughs> no. not just not me so you're you a still prepper ha- you still have a month I'm a, I'm a prepper yeah i still got a month man i still got a month but you're you're gonna pack up and be ready to go yeah yeah oh for sure for sure i'm a prepper can, man yeah can you were say- you were you ever a procrastinator or was, is this just your nature mm, yeah that's pretty much my nature i think yeah um school-wise too like you wouldn't put off papers or anything once in a while not very often yeah i had a, I had a few you know cram for a couple tests certainly um and I, there was everyone it wasn't like out of the realm that i'd finish up a paper like the night before it was due um but no pretty pretty much like worked worked ahead yeah um, especially for things that you cared about you would yeah you're on it jump on it man yeah yep. okay so quick story and then i have a question about this because i'm <laughs> I'm just getting a scent of the Holy Spirit here that we're just going to dive into you. Oh, wait. I smell it too. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. That sweet, sweet scent. Um, uh, that sweet suede. That sweet scent. No, that's just, that it smelled suede? the opposite, man. <laughs> and then I just squirt Febreze on it every now and again and be like, yep, cleaned it. It's clean now. Seven years of stank on it. Um. Yeah. So well, my younger brother, he just bought a house we're super excited for. And he kind of moved out the city a little bit into the suburbs here in Atlanta. And him and his wife are moving everything in. And they have two children who are the cutest nephews. They're the cutest babies ever. And they're a ton of fun. They're just little dudes. So they just like love trucks and, and all these different things. They have all these little toys and train tracks and like no joke, the only thing that one of my nephews could say for a while was truck. And so he would just stand at the window and anytime a truck would go by, he'd just yell the word truck. Truck, big truck, big <laughs> truck. And it's just like announcement to the whole family that a big truck drove by. Well, when they were like preparing to move and they had already bought the house, they started packing up the apartment pretty early where they had lived. And they started to to do it so methodically. It was like a month process so that while they were working, they could do a little by little. And then once the, the pod got there to move everything, they could just have everything already in boxes in one room and simply move them into the pod. So he like had it down to a system and was going to like Tetris this thing perfectly packed and get the most bang for his buck, which he's all about. Well, they had done this for so long. They were packing up for like a month or two in preparation for this little by little, you know, is he's working, they have kids that I guess at one point, <laughs> little Anthony, my nephew got into trouble and they, they, they sent him to timeout in his room. And, uh, when they got up to, to his room, uh, they found him in there and like, he was just packing up boxes. He was like putting <laughs> all of his toys in boxes because he just thought it was a part of the punishment. And like, Aww. that's just what we do. So he's an open box and just starts loading. <laughs> he starts putting his toys in. They're like, Anthony, you don't have to do that, man. What are you doing? It's just, just packing. That's just what we do, man. Just Aww, packing man. up. All right. Man, so that's me. the story. 
Um, Rob, can you, because it's, it's very contrary to, <laughs> I think my nature, can you like, what, what is behind the urge of you packing up right now? I don't know. How are we friends, by the way? <laughs> that's such a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't like stress about it. Um, it just makes sense to me. That's the best way I can say it of like, why would I wait to do this if I could do a better job if I just do it like kind of slowly and methodically over some time and it would be way easier and like less stressful. Um, so I don't really like, I'll be honest, I don't really think about it, but it just, it just like makes sense um, to me. I mean, I packed up my office the other day and um, I still have the boxes in there, but I have probably 80% of stuff like ready to go in, in there. Um, and yeah, that that's the best way I can 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 word it. Of there, it's just, it's just like practical. Of yeah, if the the new priest, Father Michael, coming coming in needs a little space, like he could start using it. Something you know, something along those those lines. And if I don't know, like something happens and it gets crazy, and in a few weeks, like not that it, not that it would get that crazy, but if we would be able to open up masses or something like that, and life gets a lot busier, I'll be very thankful to have like done some of this work now when I have the time. Um, so I don't know. I, I just do think it's like part of my um, personality, but I don't know what you, how, how does that make sense or how would you think about it? I think it makes good sense. I, I had to develop the, the habit, um, which sometimes I slip off the wagon, but mo- mostly now, especially since ordination, I think of it as being kind to my future self. Like this is just an act of generosity right now. I I would rather do nothing, but instead I'm going to put this away where I know I can find it. Little example being like, okay, I've got a funeral in three days. The readings have already been picked. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and photocopy or print those readings right now and put them where I'm going to need them. Like when I'm going over to the funeral or, or so, oh, yeah. you know, things like that oh, yeah. where this takes five minutes, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen an hour before the funeral. You don't want to have to be doing that then. Um, and putting things away where you know you're going to look for them rather than putting them away where it makes sense to you right now. So you kind of have to just like sympathize with yourself the next time you need this battery for your car's key fob. Um, when that runs out, you know, where what file are you going to look in or what drawer? So I think part of what kept me from doing what you're talking about with like packing or writing a paper is that I didn't feel properly engaged with any of my stuff, intellectual information or physical, you know, it's like, here's this big task, pack up all your stuff. You're like, well, what stuff do, am I going to need in the next month? I, you know, if, yeah, am I going to pack true. away stuff that I'm going to need to pull out of this box? But since you are engaged with your things properly, you can say like, okay, these files I'm not going to need to look at these until I move, you know, so I can put these in boxes and I might even put them in my car or whatever, or I might even move these now if you had access to the place that way. It's just one less thing to move when, when the time comes, but that kind of, um, I don't want to say control, but just sort of like authority over your own life rather than, um, letting things happen to you and, 
kind of putting out fires and reacting all the time rather than planning. Um, I lived like that for so long in college, you know, you're like, oh crap, a test tomorrow. I better stay up all night. I never really was an all nighter guy, but yeah, I wouldn't be like doing little things along the way to make my life easier in the future. I often mortgaged my future to pay for my present. Well, and if there's one thing we're about, it's life hacks. Well, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Is what I hear you saying there. Um, one thing I did find intriguing that you said there, uh, Bisk, was just that the idea of like putting something where you know you'll find it. Or how, how did you word it there? Put it where you know you're going to look for it. Exactly. And I have found sometimes when I can't find something, I have to tell me if this makes sense, but I have to like put myself like in my own brain and be like, okay, where would I put this thing? And that oftentimes works, which is very Mm -hmm. interesting. It like doesn't make sense just like immediate thought. But if I, if I wanted to kind of hide something, if I just like take a second to think about it, it's like, oh, I probably would have put it here. And I bet that works 80% of the time to find stuff. Yeah, it does. But that's that 20% that drives you nuts. Well, like, that's where true. did I put this? Yeah, that's fair. so like for just for an example, like my sister came over the other day and her key fob battery was this was a real example was uh, low. And she happens to have the same brand of car as me. And I was like, Oh, I, I think I have those batteries. Like, I don't remember buying them. But I remember mine running out <clears throat> and having to buy some and I usually if I know I'm going to need something months in the future, I'll just buy some and have it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I go over to my office and in I'm in my files, I literally I looked under key first and it wasn't there. So then I looked under battery and it was there, you know, um, like everything's just alphabetical and I have a file that's batteries for key fob. Wow. And I looked under B. <laughs> wow, dude, dude that's that's yeah. <laughs> where <laughs> I got the same system. Going over, so I, like, dude, I, I'm telling you, I learned this uh, from reading some books, but it's it's really like a bulwark against insanity because I'm so forgetful of details like that. You know what I mean? This is all resonating with me. <laughs> Mike, tell us about your life. Well, it's it's just fresh. Well, um, I mean, to the to the forgetting things and not uh, not knowing where they are or putting them where you'd know you'll find them, where you'll look for them. Like, I I guess that's a cool idea, but I find that I put stuff down without thinking about it. And so Mm -hmm. when I try to think, where would I put this? It doesn't matter because I wasn't thinking when I put it down. It's not (laughs) rational. It's like I'm plotting against myself. I know. (laughs) And it's so the worst with my cell phone. I have a magnet on the back of my cell phone. And so it sticks to the most random places and I love it. <laughs> so I'll like stick it to the side of a fridge or the side of a window seal that like nobody can see myself included. And then I'll forget about it because I wasn't thinking when I put it there, but it's just yeah. this like mindless drop. And, and so I, I have to have very specific compartments if, if I want to know exactly where something is and there's like no breaking those rules. Every time I come in, I have to put things exactly where they go or else I'll forget them straight up big time. That, and there's no I, two ways about it. To me, it's, it's about attention. Like there's something there about like intention and attention that you're not paying attention when you put down your phone. And that's why when 
your attention turns back to your phone, you're like, where is it? Well, I wasn't paying attention when I when I put it down. Um, I, I find this difficult with um, like text messages coming in because some of them are group texts that I'm on that I don't need to pay attention to. And some of them are people that want me to respond right away and have mm-hmm. some information or whatever. But I tend to prefer to attend to what I'm doing. You know, not all the time I'm, I will distract myself with Twitter, or YouTube or whatever. Um, but if I'm like talking with a person for over an hour, I don't, I don't want to look at my phone while I'm talking oh, yeah. to them. That's, I certainly don't want to answer my phone or answer a text. And then I get done talking to them and I just am totally oblivious to the fact that I have like six or seven text messages that I haven't responded to, yeah. um, which I could be better about. But just the other day I was mowing the lawn out here at Newman and, um, Father Tom Byrne came by, he wanted to use my pressure washer, uh, to wash his bike in his car. And he was in the driveway. I'm literally like mowing around a tree right by the driveway. And he is sitting there in his car for 30 seconds. And I, I went around this tree a couple of times. So I must've looked at him and his car three times. (laughs) And it wasn't until the third time that I'm like, Oh yeah, I need to let you in. Um, and he looks at me, he's like, that's amazing, dude. I'm kind of (laughs) jealous how much you can zone out. Like I'm just, I'm on this task of mowing, which is kind of enjoyable to be honest, you know, to just like mow along to like throw your whole attention into it. Um, so I find it is, it's a gift. I like the way my mind works, but it's often like I've had to learn to deal with it so that I don't lose. So things don't fall through the cracks, you know, because then you try, you hurt people's feelings and you drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Life hacks, hashtag suede and stained. Suede and stained. Well, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's frustrating to hear in a lot of ways because it's like everything that you're saying, that's why you do it because it makes sense. And... <laughs> Like, <laughs> that's great. Everybody can't just do what they know is right. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, I identify lots of good things that I don't do. Why do you obey the moral law? Because it's the right thing to do. And, like, okay, but how do you do but what's it? What's in it for me? But, like, yeah. So, and, and that's a part of the frustration. And, and I can say the, the times in my life where, um, I, Connor, I think you use the phrase like, love yourself, love your future self well. Uh, which is a very Peterson-esque phrase. Um, mm. But it's like, yeah, there, there's a certain amount of dignity that comes along with it. So when, when I hear you talk about that, I think this is a guy who respects himself uh, and who also respects time as a gift and his resources as a gift. So he's kind of going to try to use it as, as best as possible. And um, yeah, and, and so the times where I, I do choose to do that well, I mean, I, you know, I feel it and it does, it makes life easier. Um, but I like getting distracted, I think. Well, on the flip side, I will say something that, um, I mean, I have gotten, I've had to learn to get a lot better with this as a priest is just like general flexibility on schedule and stuff comes up. And I mean, you do, it just, you guys know, like it can, there can be certain days and weeks and it's like, oh man, you are that did not go how I thought it did. And you got to be okay with that to kind of attend to, you know, something that needs uh, attending to, whether it be a person or a situation or whatever. But I still remember this story in, I don't know what year we were in seminary, but uh, Jagger Fickle, I remember lived uh, just one, 
yeah, he was the next room from me, right? On three North. But yeah. we were going, a couple of us were going to play golf and it was like a Wednesday afternoon or something. We had nothing else. So we were, we had like, we were going to go play 18, which is four and a half hours or four hours or whatever it is. And I had planned, I had planned this like two weeks out because <laughs> like, that's just the only way that I would have like peace in doing it, uh, honestly. And anyway, so we're getting ready and I don't know who it was, if you were there, Mets, but there was three of us. And so we're going by with clubs and Jagger's sitting in his room and he goes, Hey, where are you guys going? Going to play golf. And this is classic him. Why he's such a cool guy. But he's like, Oh, okay, cool. I'll go. And I was like, well, one, you're not invited. Uh, first off <laughs> Jagger, but, but of course he came and I, I like really thought that was awesome. Like I admired it a lot of, Hey, I don't have that much to do. It wasn't like he was neglecting a major responsibility or anything like that, but he was like, Hey, this like opportunity for, for friendship and just kind of being together here. Like I would love just to, to go and do impromptu. And I was like, Mm -hmm. that would take, that would like rock my world to do something like that. Um, as much fun as like some spontaneous stuff is. Um, but I was, I would struggle with that. I would struggle doing that. Yeah. Yeah. See, that seems right in my wheelhouse. (laughs) <laughs> that's right in my wheelhouse yeah no and i maybe that's why we're friends Mets. i don't know <laughs> yeah don't know. maybe <laughs> maybe i mean i can just remember walking around <laughs> walking around every campus i've ever been on just looking for something to do distract me <laughs> yeah divert yeah. my attention and that's why things like libraries and my own room were so treacherous because i knew when i was in there it was like a, a an intentional defiance of my responsibilities right before me oh gosh but if i got out of the room i'm like with other people and this is great woo yeah <laughs> that it, i was choosing you know there was some good there that was um taking my attention but man i mean once you get in that that's why that stl year was i think both so powerful but also so challenging was it was like a monastic lifestyle just in your room writing and studying and uh by the grace of god like i just had to stay in my room and plan months i wrote a paper months ahead of time that's god's real folks yeah <laughs> that's legitimately that's insane yeah yeah that, that's crazy it takes me back. We don't have to talk about this, but it takes me back again on how genius it was for us to plan that France trip, how we planned it. Do you remember that a few yeah. years ago Yeah. when it was like, you, we just kind of gave each other sections and it's like, Hey, you're in charge of this part. And if it's totally just go wherever we go, that's great. But I'm in charge of this part and I'm going to have it down to the minute of <laughs> yeah. where, what we're going to do. <clears throat> Yeah, that's true. Connor, did you hear how we planned that? Uh, I vaguely remember you mentioning it, but remind me. We broke it up into three. Rob, it was your idea. We broke the trip up into three sections. And the first was up in Normandy when we were in Lisieux. And then, so we we let Rob take those three or four days. And then Brimmer, when we drove from Lisieux down to Lourdes, which is like his, where he had a powerful conversion. That's his, that's his heaven. Uh, and so we had him plan those couple of days. He'd been there a number of times. And then 
I had ours to Nevers. And mm-hmm. and then Paris, I think, was like a joint. We just um, yeah. we're gonna stay with the family and, and go see some art museums or something like that. Uh but each of us had our own little distinct portion and I think for real, each it it came out. There's a little flavor to each of them that embodied the spirit of each of us who planned it. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's was very meticulous. Bremer's was all about the Blessed Mother. And <laughs> we survived during mine, so that was good. <laughs> no, you 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 nailed that thing, dude. No way. That was good. That was awesome. It's because I asked so my awesome. mom to do it. That's really why. My mom <laughs> helped me. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking if there's if there's any metaphysical strain out of out of this talk of planning versus procrastination, to me part of the conversion um to a more organized kind of my future self kind of person was reconciling with the fact that like when I was in college and procrastinating, a lot of times when I would feel free, like I would like to hang out with my friends. I'd like to go, you know, mess around, play basketball or whatever. But I always had this thing hanging over me of like, oh, I, I need to do this or I need to study for this test or I need to write this paper. So I never really enjoyed my leisure time because it wasn't like properly ordered where I had done what I needed to do today, my daily duties. And now I, now I'm going to do leisure because that's part of being human. And, uh, it's the right thing to do right now. And I would just not do what I needed to do and then go to the leisure. And then the leisure was less, um, enjoyable for that reason. So then I would think like, all right, then I'll just rush through this finals week. I'll get through this finals week. And then when it's all over, then I'll, be able to truly enjoy leisure. And so there was like this longing for a, a kind of rest where it's like all responsibility is over. Now go ham, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But then that, that experience was also really unsatisfying because then a lot of times that was when like school was over, people moved out and then um, there was a sadness to it. Uh, you know, so like the conversion was to living a life where um, it's kind of like painting the Golden Gate Bridge. I've heard this analogy where, you know, you never stop painting the Golden Gate Bridge because once you get to one end of it, the other end needs repainting, you know. Um, it's just a process that's ongoing, but you do it because you want it to be beautiful. Um, you don't just like do projects so that they're done and then that's it. Like life in this side of eternity is like this. You build things and then they fall apart and you 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 know like when you get to your new parish rob there's going to be things that that need doing that you know like in 5 10 25 years are going to need to do be redone but there's no still way, dude. Work to do it's it. perfect okay there's nothing <laughs> well it like will that. be perfect take, by the time you leave take that back uh, and then the next guy's just going to have a turnkey place that he doesn't have to do anything at <laughs> no but like the the fantasy that my projects are ever going to be like totally done so i can just completely let go you know yeah. Um, and that's sort of being a grown up is like a lot of what we're talking about is hashtag adulting. Like, how do you put things where you can find them and pack up so that you actually move everything and don't leave a bunch of stuff behind or whatever? Um, just living a grown up life, taking responsibility for stuff. But that's part of it is realizing like um, much of what I do, like it's worth making my bed this morning, even though I'm going to mess it up later. 
Yeah. Because I want to live this way, you know, where I can actually enjoy living, even though there's this always this kind of sadness of death and decay all around me. But I, I choose to live, you know, and not give in to that and either try to build something that's forever that is impossible or just give up on building anything altogether and just live my life for this present moment of, of self-satisfaction. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah, that's good. Well, I think to bring it to the garden imagery, it's like, that's, uh, I'm not that you'll always be gardening, but in gardening, it's not always ABG, dude. Always be gardening. Always be gardening. That's what the, all the kids are saying during yeah. quarantine. That's when always... you see ABG online, that's what that means. Is that true? No. <laughs> I got chastised for not knowing some acronyms earlier. Which some, ones? some text a- acronyms. Man. TTYL? No. SMH? Shaking my head. Yeah, I thought the person was just making a noise like Shmeh. Shmeh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Which <laughs> which then they did like a head slap, like, oh my gosh. Face this palm. is yeah, facepalm. Face head palm. slap. <laughs> can you make can you make that noise again? Just one more time. <laughs> I I don't know. I yeah, it was it was Monica, your new TV. She was like, That's "This right. is worse than I expected." <laughs> like this, me too. This is way worse. Where have I been? <laughs> um, dang it! What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, so gardening. It's not. It's not. Um, it's not always about just the thing that you produce in the end of it. But I mean, I guess to use the cliche f- phrase, it's like part of the journey is the adventure, or part of the the adventure is like what's so good about it like the actual process of doing the thing not yeah could you think of anything more transitory than a tomato like you you for months grew tomatoes so that you could prepare a meal and then eat it and then it's gone you know and then it's gone yeah and Mm. yeah and in in the gardening in the actual like process of what you're doing it it's actually enjoyable and so the actual process of it itself is cultivating life not just the plant growing that cultivates life, you know, but it's, it's, I'm totally brain farting on the cliche phrase about the, it's about the journey, man. It's not about the destination. It's about Don't the cry road. because it's over. Smile because it happened. Oh gosh. <laughs> is that, yeah, is that like hanging no up watching? on your wall right now? <laughs> Tell me. No, I have live, laugh, love. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Wait, did you what's just the make the shmuh? <laughs> no. I know what you're I know what you're talking about. What is it? Uh what is it? Uh maybe maybe the real tr- buried treasure were the friends we made along the way. No, man. It's not about the destination, it's about the journey. There we yeah, go. Yeah. It's not about oh the destination, yeah. it's about the journey. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I think that actually well, at least that's what I was thinking of. Um <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I I guess I even say that phrase with like a little bit of uh, an allergy to it as well, because the destination is also important. Um, but yeah. Like, well, because it points to like, so all to me, all food is communion, you know, like you grow, if, especially if you grow it out of the earth, you're communing with nature. 
it's a gift from God. It's like the primordial symbol of God's taking care of Adam and Eve was fruit of any of the trees of the garden. And then you eat together and food is always meant to be an occasion of communion with God who gives it to you and with each other who you share it with and you prepare it for. Um, but communion on this side of heaven is, is transitory. It's, it's temporal, but it points to a higher communion that is the destination that is permanent. But I think what idolatry is when you like try to make, try to make that permanent, you know, like in Paralandra, the, the Lewis, the second, uh, space trilogy from CS Lewis of like, the symbol was living on the fixed land or staying overnight on the fixed island yeah. was the, the original sin because it was like, I'm going to set up this permanent place where it's like my stuff, my house, rather than like just letting the joy, let the communion find you. You know what I'm saying? So it was still in time, but it was like time poked through with, with eternal life. Um, yeah, the moment you try to grab at it, you kill it. So that's where like people that live a really charming life that just like choose to take care of their house and take care of their life and their loved ones rather than um, build towers to the sky and try to make big monuments to their egos, which we all do. Um, that's, that's what attracts me to the Wendell Berry vision of life um, is that it's, it's really authentic. It's really human. Um, and it sort of surrenders to reality. Like this is what I'm, this is what I can do. And this is what I should do today. And that's freedom. Although it's like hemmed in with all sorts of restrictions of like, what kind of soil do you have? What kind of sunlight does this place get? You know, things like that, where you, you have to like fit into, and then you get to know the place where you are better. You get to know the animals and whatnot. Um, but that's, I, I think that's part of what, and I harp on this a lot, but what kind of rubs me the wrong way about modern secularism and urban, um, like next day delivery, kind of like neighborhood lists, uh, living where we're all so connected, but like, we're all just atoms. We're just isolated is that there's not that, that sense of like where reality is pressing up against me. So I need to go out to the mountains or go fly fishing or something for, to like, see how God actually made the world. You know what I mean? But that's, a, that's another type of escape. Um, so it's just, it's about the journey, man, not the destination. <laughs> live your truth well and then and i don't know if this is if this resonates with you rob but um a part of so when i when i feel myself when i choose to live an ordered life like making my bed when i don't need to because i i believe that i want my bed to be made instead of to just be a constant ruffled up um, mattress of you know, blankets and comforters and pillows strewn about all over the place. Even though nobody, I live by myself, nobody will ever see that or doing my dishes so that when I come into the kitchen, it looks like uncluttered and it looks like I live in a clean place. And even though Porter said that my rectory looked like a, a used frat house yesterday, which <laughs> really hurts to the bone. Yeah. <laughs> He fell he right at know. home. Yeah. He would know. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> he said that and then said, I love this place. But, but as you do that, even though, so it's not necessarily about 
just having a clean kitchen. But when I start to live that way and make surroundings and act like that's important, which it is, and I believe that, even though I don't always feel like I believe it, I do believe that, but that it actually starts to change me when I start to live in an ordered and beautiful way. And, and I think that's the more, that's maybe the metaphysical strain. And I mean, obviously that's the Christian thing is like, yeah, obviously it's about the destination. It's about heaven. But as you live into love, it actually starts to change you so that you become love. You're not just doing good things. But like mm. God in his grace is actually transforming you. And that's the same thing with the garden imagery and and the the packing and prepping stuff. It's like, no, I I'm I, I believe in order, I believe in goodness, you know, whatever whatever you want to use there. But your external actions actually start to shape your yep. your heart, start start to shape your life and your brain and who you are. Well well, it's like it's <clears throat> it's a discipline and it's a tell at least for me. So mm. more on like the spiritual life aspect of things, but this is something I kind of put words on probably a year and a half ago or so. But and it, I don't stress like I'll be honest, if I miss a rosary during a day, like I just don't stress about it. It's a personal devotion. I think it's really important and a beautiful prayer, but like don't it doesn't like necessarily bother me if I'm honest. But at the same time, I can like pretty consistently gauge like where my spiritual life is not not as a project of self perfection but just like hey what what is the way like am I properly ordering my day around like my prayer and a huge tell for me is if I've been praying a rosary consistently so I don't know if you guys have noticed anything like hmm. that in in your life but I that's like a huge thing for me. If it's been a week and I haven't prayed a rosary, like something in my life is out of sorts. And it's like a first tell for me um, yeah. to go back to that discipline. Yeah, I've had that happen where I notice stuff like that, little tells. And one time I had this prayer come in my head, hold the line, like a, like a military image. Hmm. Um of like I'm being attacked by disorder and the evil one. Yeah. Um, and I can feel the the sadness or the shame or the guilt or just the upset, like things aren't in the right order. And yep. you just like, you see these little things like a daily rosary and you're like, no, even though I don't feel like doing that, I need to hold this line. Mm. And uh, like the rest will, if you, if you fight at that front, then you start to roll back the disorder. Yeah. I don't know. I like I know, that. I, I like that. I like that man a lot. It, for me, it's it's interesting because the line for me has. I know it's like super simple, but it's just go slow. Like remember to go slow. Uh, if you start over planning or over prepping, um, or like if there's ever a frantic feeling about the future or what you have to do, it's like you have to go slow. Um, and that's just it's such a like that slows me down honestly. Um, hmm. So it's interesting. Just a little mantra that has come out of it. <clears throat> um, which I, that always takes me back to like, you know, Baron was really big on that of the soul likes to go slow. And like, we have to do that in, in our lives, especially in our spiritual lives. Um, but I like that a lot, man. Hold the line. That's good stuff. Slow, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Yeah. Be quick. Don't hurry. 
Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's John good. Wooden, isn't it? That is John Wooden. Man, we are killing so it with it the does, cliches right now. Does that work in your in your prayer life? The same thing of like just be slow. Oh, it's yeah, it's typically it's typically a game changer for me. Like it it'll be a huge, huge reset of I mean, similar to um you had a great line a couple weeks ago, Connor, that really stuck with me when we were talking about the anti-trinity prayer. And you said that, yeah, it's like somebody else. It's like a friend walking into the room, like walking into this hell. Um, and that line for me of like just simply like slowing down or just hearing like, hey, go slow. It, it's almost always that effect of like, it's like somebody else walking into the room of like now Jesus can come in. Hmm. Like that. Good stuff, dudes. We touched on a lot of weird things. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I didn't expect this, there. any of that. Post it. Post it. I just bought some of um, Megan Ulrich's poetry for my sisters in laws. I'm pretty excited I, for it. I bought her um, Hell Bring the Kids too. That's what I gave all of my sisters and my mom for Mother's Day. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm going to cut it. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Good girl.